0: Throughout our life, we make all kinds of connections, from our neighbors to our co-workers, from family members to people we interact with in business every day. What about the connections we make to ourselves? Today, we'll explore the connections that we make and how they define our lives. This is Things Worth Considering with hosts Gord Riddell and Dr. Jan Hill. It's time to listen and learn.
1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Things Worth Considering. I am Gord I'm your host for this uh, episode. Uh, my co-host, the lovely Dr. Jan Hill, is not with us. However, I do have a very special friend of mine and a very talented woman by the name of Tiffany Lazick. Hey, Tiff. Hi. How are you?
2: I'm good. Welcome good to, to my her. show. Thank you.
1: I think it's great that you're here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Tiffany is an author, she is a teacher, a great teacher. She is also a registered psychotherapist. She teaches here at uh, Transformational Arts College. Also though is the owner of of the Hyvin Grove out in Kitchener, Mm -hmm. uh, which uh, happens to be a bit of a satellite also for Transformational Arts College in terms of a couple of programs that we run out there as well. Tiffany is the author of the book called The Great Work, Self-Knowledge and Healing Through the Wheel of the Year. This is an amazing book. This is really big. I can't read are there pictures in this?
2: There's there's two pictures.
1: <laughs> there's only two pictures. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I think I have a lifetime of reading. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm embarrassed to actually admit, hence the giggle, that I haven't read it yet. I've leafed through it, and I thank you so much for the, the honor of, of uh, you know, noting and and acknowledging oh. your your experience here at the college. Um, that you know, it's very nice to hear those things sometimes. Um, tell us about the book.
2: Well, oh boy. How did that come about? So it came about over many years and I would say probably the embryo of it was in my time here, which is why the the acknowledgement, I mean, way, way, way back, probably pre embryonic. But, um, I realized that when I started to practice, when I started to see clients, when I was starting to be aware of some of the flow of what was going on in them and in their issues. And at the same time, personally, I was, um, just having my own explorations of spiritual practice and connecting with natural cycles and earth-based mm-hmm. spirituality, that I started to realize that there there wasn't really much of a differentiation. What I was experiencing in myself as I was going out and connecting with the cycles of the seasons, I was I was actually seeing that show up in my office, and it took mm. a long time before the the penny dropped.
1: Well, there's that whole thing, you know, when we're sort of which we're supposed to be uh, as a therapist in touch with ourselves, is, you know, one is we'll very often hear our stories sitting in front of us. Right. Uh, we, we, yeah, and that part of us is still is a little bit raw. Uh, but it's that whole thing called parallel processing. Right. You know, which is fascinating that, you know, here you are, you know, c- completely removed, which is how therapy works, because we're, we're objective. You know, we can be objective because of not being emotionally involved. And yet, here's somebody telling my story. Right. And they, it's really hard. It's kind of like, okay, just a minute. Did you read this in my biography? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, whoa. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that's why, you know, when someone chooses to enter into this field, I mean, it's really you know it's there's no going back right and there's definitely going forward but there's also an acceleration right yeah
2: yeah you definitely open up those doors of perception and you step through and there's no there's no stepping back
1: there isn't because those doors are going to close right. <laughs> which yeah. who'd want to go back
2: yeah you know? Yeah. No,
1: once we get right. to a certain point you, yeah. we would never want to go back yeah you know but it's, it's interesting just what you're what you're saying of getting in touch with that through the very people that you're actually there to help.
2: Well, and and seeing as well, and this is this was really what was key to the book was. I mean, I just had a whole conversation this morning with a woman I've been going through, sort of teaching the cycles, uh, cycle by cycle, one on one, right? And so yeah, yeah. It, that's been really great to be able to sort of see how. It, it's kind of funny. So I'll say, well, this this is what's going on in this cycle. And she's like, oh, my God, that's what's going on in my life. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, okay. well, that's how it works, right? It's like <laughs> in May, everybody has relationship issues. In the fall, you know, around October, there's grief that comes up. You yes. know, we see... The, the world the earth come back to life and we respond and oh. we see the earth start to go fallow and we respond and so part of not part a good um, foundation of what brought the book into being was to try to be more conscious of that to be able to use those energies to help enhance our process mm-hmm. rather than come at it unconsciously
1: right well, I, I think I live in those cycles yes. because as soon as, as soon as spring arrives, I don't sleep in again until fall.
2: Right, <laughs> it's just high energy, yeah. go go. Yeah. Uh,
1: you know, lots of stuff happening, exciting. Uh, and as soon as that that sort of initial cold and the leaves are starting to fall, and it's not depression, it's just. I need to go to sleep, yes. you know, yeah. and just sort of slow down. I eat, you know, I start to eat a little bit heavier. Yeah, uh, yes. you know. I can't hibernate. But, you know, I'd be too worried about what am I missing, right. you know? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, some people can hibernate.
1: Yeah, no, two or three months and I'm like, what's going on, you know? Yeah. Uh, but the, just that whole idea of, you know, I mean, we've, we've, we're now in the summertime. We've just moved into right. past the summer solstice. Yeah. And uh, it's like. Right, you know, bang, wonderful weather.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: all that kind of Well stuff. and
2: even that, you know, so part of what I've done with the great work is is overlay these reflections. And and so there's sort of two um, basic Premises. One of them is that, and this this comes out of psycho-spiritual approach that we are both of the earth and of the stars. Mm. And so it's looking at you know how is this manifesting in my body and my emotions? Um, how is this manifesting in my life externally, but also how is it mentally, energetically, and and how is it in in you know manifesting in self perceptions? Right, right. Um, but also one of the overlays is developmental. So I love looking at the wheel of the year through the winter solstice is the birth of the divine child, the birth of the sun, right? Right. And so that's our infancy, which means that where we're at now with the summer solstice is stepping into adulthood, stepping into independence and it just hit me this morning because I was talking to an American. um, (laughs) It's like Canada Day weekend. It's Independence Independence Day. Day And it's like, it's almost historically we've been
1: Yes. Yeah. 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 it's true. Yeah. It's true. Um, Well, I I mean, where I went with that, which is, was they like they celebrate the Queen's birthday, which is sort of like their national holiday at the end of June,
2: Uh even though her birthday
1: is back in April.
2: Right. But
1: they do it as a national, you know, the trooping of the colors and and all that kind of stuff, uh, which is the equivalent of their because they didn't have to declare independence from anybody, right. you know, or <laughs> pledge allegiance to anybody. Uh, uh, they just pledge it to themselves. Right. Uh, but yeah, that's at the end of June also. Yeah. I mean, part of part of the reason is is that they're guaranteed of nice weather. Right. Ours is you know, and, and America is a little bit different. We actually signed some documents right, around right. that date. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So one of the things that people people walk away with this would be what? Like, why would it? What, what would you do with me if I said, "Take me through these cycles"? But what would what would that look like?
2: Well, there's so many different overlays to it. I think that's one of the things that I found from feedback what people like about the book because there's eight different reflections for each of the times of the year. Okay. Uh, for some people, they like to work more. Um, Physically, What are the practical things that I can do? For some people, it's looking at the intuitive and, and the guidance. But I would say, you know, the, the main takeaway is to not see ourselves as separate from nature around oh,
1: us. Oh, amen. Yeah. People have... Oh. That's always been one of my biggest things is that our inability to actually see everything around us change. Right. And see ourselves as exclusively not changeable. Right. You know, or transformable. Yeah. You know, or any of those things. Yeah.
2: And also just to see, I mean, I sound sort of self-evident, but the gift it's gonna sound ridiculous. The the gift of cycle is the fact that it's a cycle. It's not an upward slope. Okay. It's not that we have a do over, but we come around again. So it's not mm. like if I don't get it right this time, that's it. It's like winter comes around again, summer again. comes around again, right. harvest comes around again. So yes. I have a chance to to deepen my experience, to sort of hone what it is that I'm working through. I, I do find sometimes in in session, you know, the the um the idea when people clients come to you is like, okay, I'm going to come in, I'm going to work, I'm going to resolve all my issues, I'm going to be fixed, it's going to be perfect, and I'm going to have a happy life.
1: Uh, ever after.
2: And I'm like, well,
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe well, not this lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know. Well, I mean, they, we all have that. Or they're they're coming into therapy to convince us that they don't have any issues. Right. But then why are you here? Exactly. Or, yeah, right. and then they have trouble with that one.
2: It's uh, also not wronging any part of the process. You right. know, again, we, we can get it, although we may have preferences around seasons. You know, I think we can find something of, you know, I may not love the cold, but I appreciate the comfort and and community that can come the soft light that can come yes. from winter
1: or the extremely bright light after a snowfall
2: absolutely the next
1: morning suns comes out and it's like where's the sunglasses right because <laughs> right. you can barely see yeah you know
2: and yet we but don't so
1: nes- but yeah there is a warmth to it there, yeah. there there is or having a fire on at home or you know uh, things like that yeah you know?
2: but we, we don't necessarily see that as connected with our inner process you know, that when when we are in the, the depths of despair, when we are really faced with the darkness of our shadow, are we also able to have just a part of us that's able to say, well, I'm in this place because there's a gift. Mm-hmm. Instead mm-hmm. of saying, I don't want to go there. Right. You know, I'm trying to stay away from that place as much as possible. No, I, I can see the gift in that.
1: Well, the shadow's shadow's taken on a, a mythology all of its own. You know, that it's the, the haunted house of our interior of right. uh, all the bugaboos and boogeymen and everything is in there. And, right. you know, my, my experience with so many people, including myself, is the, the very things that, uh, you know, we're not given an opportunity, for, for instance, uh, to play a musical instrument. It just didn't exist for my parents. It right. wasn't in their, their mentality. So they didn't go out and buy me a piano. And I'm still in therapy over this. <laughs> um, but, you know, and I, I, I look at people, um, you know, and I, and I just think, you know, how wonderful that they learned that in childhood. But yet in the shadow part, when, when in there, there was this whole creative side of me right. that was not horrible or anything like that. It was something to be brought out. And to not be criticized and to, you know, really go into uh, the, um, the, you know, just that whole thing of um, nurturing that and bringing it forward. So yeah. I got into drawing and art and all kinds of stuff. And it's just been phenomenal.
2: Right. Yes.
1: You know, and I see that as just sort of, sort of part of that. Yeah. You know. Um, it's the reclaiming. It's the reclaiming. It's the reclaiming only because there was nothing within my environment to nurture that in the first place. Right, yeah. You know, or there was the criticism of, oh, that's a nice fridge painting again. <laughs> 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 Put this up here with your other brothers. You know, right, right. I th- there's nothing special about that you know, right. kind of thing. So gradually you just sort of you know, uh, uh, you know, gear that back down and, uh, and you stop doing it. Right. Yeah. You know, stop doing it. So I, I discovered that. Ah, but intellectually, yeah. I was really good. But creatively, I'm even better.
2: Right. <laughs> you know, and seriously. isn't that again, it's sort of seeing the, the wholeness. Again, I, I feel like I keep coming back to this, you know, the, the cycles, but it, it's not about sort of moving upwards and upwards and and. Uh, sort of transcending these aspects of self it's about gathering them all, all in together. because it's, it's coming to this place of wholeness
1: yeah i think yeah. you know i think that that it's almost a natural process too uh as we age yes you know i think aging plays a really big role yeah uh in uh just our welcoming parts of ourselves because we're really past at a certain stage, maybe 20, maybe for 50, 70, 80. <laughs> that we say, you know, what I really don't give a rat's ass about right. people. You know, I really don't care what their opinion is. Right. Um, this is what I like to do. You know, as long as I'm not hurting myself or hurting others. Right. All right. That's really a yes. big piece yeah. of that. You know, but to to risk taking taking a language course and learning another language. Yeah. And, of course, Canadian English speakers are so okay. uptight about that. We, well, we're going to come back to that one. <laughs> um, so we are languages. at that point already uh, that we are ready to take a break. Okay. All right. Yep. right. We'll be back on the other side of these commercials.
0: on facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world and that includes you visit us on facebook at voice america empowerment imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental dynamic educational environment we believe learning is much more than just theories it is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Vidal and Dr. Jan Hill. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now, Back to Things Worth Considering.
1: Hi, and welcome back uh, to Things Worth Considering. I'm here with uh, Tiffany Lazic, and we actually believe, I think we stopped the last set talking about the inhibition of English speaking Canadians to learn how to speak another language, whereas French Canadians are so delightful in learning to make mistakes and learn our language. Uh-huh, really, you know, it's right. just just, it's just crazy uh, that we are like that. But I was talking about, as you were talking about the cycles, where that came from was, in fact, that as we age, there's a part of us that is just more readily open to owning who we are. Right. There's yeah. a, enough denial. You know, if people don't like it, they can go sit on the other side of the fence and we'll throw, I don't know, bread to them or something.
2: Right. <laughs> but, um,
1: <laughs> You know, uh, so what about you, you said something, uh, in the break, uh, to, to me about alchemy. Right. What's, talk to me about that. So I think that's, that's an, an, an interesting ne- phrase or yes. an idea.
2: Yeah. There's, I, I would say that, well, that's really what the title of the book comes from alchemy, right? The, the great work is the magnum opus. Okay. And it's looking at our, our life, um, you know, the, the whole process and, and the stages of our life as as moving towards the attainment or the achievement of the philosopher's stone. And I don't see the philosopher's stone as being any different than that light of essence within. Mm. So, the great work is coming from that place where we, we've lost a sense of what that is and seeing our life as moving us towards reclaiming that philosopher's stone. And once we come to a place where we, we have honed that, we, we've um, sort of experience that within us again, I think that's what contributes to the I don't give a rat's ass
1: <laughs> <laughs> my phrase <You> know?
2: <laughs> it's it's an alchemical phrase <laughs> ratis um so I see. There's seven stages of healing in alchemy, and I see those absolutely as tied in with, um, you know, in, in the book, The Great Work, I look at the four seasons from an ancient perspective, which actually ends up being eight cycles. So each season has two reflections to it or two aspects to it. Okay. And really, when you look at the alchemical process stages of healing there's seven of them going Mm -hmm. from calcination which is that that place where it's the dark night of the soul right right that that uh, there's something in our life which falls apart which is actually the impetus to move us on that hero's journey which is the reclaiming of the philosopher's stone so there's seven stages that take us to the place where we attain that but i see the eight stages being where we find ourselves right back at the beginning of the cycle again but completely transformed. Right,
1: right. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah.
2: But
1: and we interesting. Just, yeah. So so I mean, I guess when uh, we hear the word alchemy, we think of like you know, uh, iron into gold or yep. you know, that you know the metal you know, piece.
2: It is, except there's there's this sort of undercurrent teaching which says that that the gold was inherent in the lead to begin with okay right or coal right. into diamond it's the right. same stuff it's
1: like a diamond in the rough right. uh, or whatever right. that everybody yeah. is redeemable yeah basically and so
2: what I find is that actually I've I've overlaid the chakras and alchemy I see the chakras even though there's there's aspects of energy healing which comes out of Western tradition mm-hmm. but we seem to see it sort of mainly coming out of the east and alchemy although there's reflections of that in the east we tend to see it very much as coming out of sort of western tradition okay those two together are it's a beautiful yin yang you know that they they dialogue with each other it's almost like the chakras are the stepping stones and the alchemy is the path that takes us from one to One to the
1: other yeah
2: yeah and in that In the great work, what I've done is, with each of the cycles, attributed a specific oracular tradition.
1: Okay. (laughs) An oracular tradition. Explain that because I'm going to need a dictionary again. (laughs) I know with Jan not here, I wouldn't need a dictionary.
2: (laughs) I just added some letters to a familiar word. Okay. So... There's so many different tools that we have of speaking to the divine. Mm -hmm. And I found one of the things, I love them all. And so I I went through many, many years where I would spend a year sort of working with one tradition. I spent a year working with the runes and a year with the I Ching and several years with the tarot. But recognizing that they're they're all kind of saying the same thing. They're just coming Mm -hmm. at it. A little differently different perspectives they come out of you know different lands different cultures yes and so it's going to have that that overlay a bit um but that there's an energy to each of those oracles as well so the runes for example um you know it's a, it's a divine language it's also an actual language like it's an alphabet that you okay. can use yep. to write things yeah um but Traditionally, it, we tend to work with it as stone. And so if you're looking at, you know, the winter, the winter solstice, the, being very much related to the root chakra, the element of earth, why not work with an oracle that has that energy as well? That working with the oracle itself yep. opens you up to the energy of that cycle. Okay. So I've done that sort of with eight different
1: so this this is actually you're doing a lecture uh, coming up uh, about Oracle.
2: I am. So this was a. It's n- not a lecture. It's
1: a workshop. It's actually. it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Experiential.
2: There there will be things to play with.
1: <laughs> That's a dangerous thing to say. <laughs> um, the uh, um, well, I'm quite fascinated because. You know, throughout human history, there's always been sort of something outside of us, an oracle that we could use to play with. Right. But in fact, it was a, a, a way of reaching the divine. Right. Now, in some instances, that was done very almost like black market. You right. know because God forbid the church would find out right and we know what happened to those people who were caught right you know which I, I I'm still on a bandwagon about <laughs> um, the burning of the witches right uh, the warlocks and whoever but um uh, to, to, yeah tell me more about uh, you know the, the the multicultural aspect of oracles
2: yeah it's it's really fascinating I mean I, I certainly have come to a place where I recognize that it's just a sense that as long as as long as we have as long as humans have walked the earth, right. we have had a sense that there is something greater than us, that there is a connection with something that is more imminent, mm-hmm. and we've wanted to connect with it. Okay, we've wanted to dialogue, whether we've wanted to speak with it. There's um, there's a form of um, divination called bone divination yes. and they've got evidence of that 30,000 years ago wow
1: 30,000 really?
2: 30,000 I mean basically it's yeah as soon as humans arrived
1: right as soon as they arrived they were like okay get the bones out
2: yeah I think it's the cell phone to the divine right, there right? you go that's funny
1: <laughs> um, do you remember that number yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, because um, the bone teeth from where, like, I mean, that there was like ancestral bones, right, that were used as
2: there. Were, it wasn't just bones; it was stick, litter sticks and stones and feathers and. You know, but yeah, yeah. They, there were, um, there's evidence, there's carvings on, well, it's cave walls. It's the archeology span that's giving us the evidence that this is what was done. So even mm-hmm. though it's called bone divination, it's not strictly bones, Right. but you do see in some cultures that it is strictly bones. Like the I Ching has its roots in the casting of bones.
1: Yeah. That's what I thought. That's yeah. What I thought, yeah. It yeah. was, was the real thing.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, well, I you know, I mean, there's an overlap here when you talk about somebody actually doing that. And then what, you know, I, I had a, in a, in a show a, little, a couple of weeks ago about, you know, mediumship and so on, right. of actually those bones would have a tremendous amount of imprinted energy. Right. right. That it, to the average person may not be that obvious, but to the sensitive, would be like, whoa, right? And, yeah. and would be reading that.
2: Yeah, and that's what it is. I mean, it's interesting to see the different oracles that have cropped up, like the oracle systems that have cropped up in different countries. Yes. Um, and that's part of what led me to create this workshop was because I was working with all the different – or you know what it was? I was actually – I was going to India. I was taking a group to India, and I thought, I don't actually know what there sort of divination system uh-huh. is. I knew the I Ching and the runes and the Om and all of that. And I thought, they must have one. And so I asked this person that I knew who grew up in India, and he was like, oh, yeah, we have palm leaves. And it's this... I mean, it's a very complex system. He's like, yeah, there's some of them in museums in different parts of India. There was one in a museum just down the street. I had to pass it every time I went to school. And I was, and they know it there. We don't know it here. So then I
1: said... <laughs> never heard of it. I know. I was gonna. I th- honestly, I thought you would say because of Ayurvedic medicine that you were going to say astrology.
2: Well, the, because astrolog- those are intricately linked. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. And you do find astrology east and west, right? Sure. But I was, I was looking specifically for. Um, systems of divination that was outside of that, which was necessarily celestial. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And so when I found that one, I thought, well, hell, there must be one. in So I'm still on a search, right? I, I, there's more countries that I have not explored yet. Okay. Um, but what I'm finding interesting is you scratch the surface a little bit and there's something which comes up.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I think that, you know, um, you know, people have an intrinsic need to want to connect right. to something bigger, like just like you said. I also think that we have an intrinsic ability to be able to do that. Right. But it has not been allowed. It has been terribly controlled by the church. Uh, those that did it suffered tremendously right. for it. I still think that there is a stigma around that to say, Well, if you want, I could, you know, sit you down and pull out all my articles, no, or you know, give you a reading or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Visit with your ancestors. Um, People would go, of course you do. Mm -hmm. Right. You're crazy. Right. So rather than other people saying that about us, we just simply don't tell people. Right. Uh, and so as a result, I don't think, one, we nurture it in a way that it becomes beneficial, which is why I believe it's an ability that's there, beneficial to us personally, to our family, our business, our country, whatever, is that there's a lot of people very in tune, very in touch with the next expression of life, and right. they're not going to tell you that. right. They're not going to tell you that they hear, like, ringing at night or there's little knockings or,
2: you know. Or they can interpret the signs and the symbols and the omens.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Instead, what we do for some, unfortunately, is that we will say they're psychotic. Right. And so we turn them into a psychiatric patient, right, rather than a spiritual awakening, right, and that's very, and that's you know, my grandmother taught me that a long, long time ago. Yeah. She was espousing this like years and years and years before anybody even considered this as being a, an area that might actually slowly come together over right. time. right, and you know, I'm beginning to see so much research being done in this field that. You know, just because you ain't seeing it, doesn't mean it ain't happening. Right. You know, um, and then of course how to how to work with someone in that space. That's not to say that people don't have drug induced psychosis Absolutely. that have uh, absolute mental illness. It's say yep. schizophrenia where it's associated with. Yep. But there are those that have none of those things. Yeah. Uh, drugs may be simply a gateway to opening that up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, and I certainly have worked with people and know people where it's been quite a, a horrible journey, but the opening was phenomenal. Right. Yeah. You know. So I, it's made me do a really, as especially because of my profession, made me to do a real double think backwards. It says, "Hey, just a minute, we we may not have this all correct." Right. You know that there may be some other possibilities here, but of course, that's the whole spiritual area that I'm so interested in, is what are our abilities? Right. You yeah. Know, I don't call them gifts. I think it's an inherent ability. Um, so the the um, yeah, just I'm blabbering. Go ahead, talk.
2: Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm hanging on every word. Well, don't hang on every word because
1: sometimes <laughs> you lose your fingers or something. Yeah. Well,
2: it's funny. I mean, I I'm so on that page as well, and I often talk about how you know it's a, I I can go to the gym and and do some crunches and and lifts and strengthen my body, yeah. and I can pull some cards and I'm strengthening a different body like these are all abilities that we have it's you know how are we putting the energy and the attention and using the tools or or opening ourselves up to the conversation to be able to strengthen those abilities that we, we all have and 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 the other part too is recognizing that you know, when I look at the history of the oracles that that there was a time similar to the church when you would go through an intermediary, right? So yes. there would be the person who had the bones and you would go to that person. And part of what we're seeing on all fronts is that we're taking that power within ourselves and saying, I don't need to go through an intermediary.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's That's a very uh, exciting
2: thing to see. Yeah. But what yeah. I'm also seeing is that there's still those overlays. So I will have people yeah. come and to say, you know, I would like to get an Oracle deck. And I'm like, well, I we got Tarot. No, not
1: Tarot.
2: <laughs> and it's the same thing. It's just, you know, you're yeah. getting an iPhone or a Samsung.
1: Everybody has their, their own <laughs> wants. Uh, we need to break here. Uh, this is Things Worth Considering. I'm Gord Riddell here with uh, uh, Tiffany Lazic, and we are on Talk Radio Voice America. We'll be right back. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
0: It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. We're listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Vidal and Dr. Jan Hill. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering.
1: Hi, and welcome back. I'm Gord Vidal, and this is Things Worth Considering. I'm here with Tiffany Lazic, and we are discussing now oracles. So, Tell me more about Oracles. I'm fascinated by them. I don't have a lot of exposure to them because right. my training was we really didn't allow those things. Right. You know, now my grandmother could do cards, interestingly. She was a wonderful medium. She was a stand up demonstration medium. All right. Oh. And, you know, so she would just work a, a whole big room and just go, you, you, you know, and move right, you around. Right, right. But she did do, I know, people came to her for consultation at home. Right. You know, and she used a deck of playing cards. Right. And I'm like, really? Okay. Yeah. I know she did psychometry. Right. She did psychometry with, with uh, roses. She would, have, she would have people, you came in and you brought in a flower. And it could be any flowers, actually, but I, I remember the roses stand out for me for some reason. And she would put them at the front. It's, you know, up by the, the, the pulpit and, right. and so on. And then they just gathered up and everything, and, then she, and they had a number on them, right? Oh. And then she would just say, you know, pick one and just number 54, and she would just, boom, she just took off on it. Wow. Yeah, wow. yeah. It was really quite phenomenal. Yeah. It was quite phenomenal. But in my training, I wasn't really allowed to do most of those things. Right. So I'm still in awe of, like, I just hurt my finger with roses. <laughs> yeah. She never had a trouble with that. But, yeah, so I'm still, I'm quite fascinated. I don't have a lot of exposure to the right. oracle.
2: And, you I'm know, tarot. it's interesting right. that, I mean, it's all paths that that lead to the same place, right? It's Absolutely. opening ourselves up to listening to the language of the divine hearing the messages from the divine. And, you know, for me, part of this ties into, again, what I was talking about with the great work is that it's being both of the earth and of the stars. You don't need a tool in order to be able to connect with the divine and dialogue with the divine. No. But some of us like them, right? It sort of speaks, I think, to the human part of ourselves. Yeah. I,
1: it's a safety blanket.
2: It can be a safety blanket. Sometimes it can be a focuser. Yep. Sometimes yep. it's just like, I like beautiful art. So well, like yeah, so the, the tarot, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I found that um, I may mean, have been working with the tarot for a very long time, and it, what started to mess me up was actually I would play cards with my parents, and I would be reading my hand.
1: <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sort of like having a, a seance during poker?
2: Right. And I'm like, can I read your cards? <laughs> Don't look at my hand. <laughs>
1: Cribbage, and by the way, your dad's standing over your head. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. But
2: there's also, it's you know, it, there's sort of a different focus because I find often mediumship, is it's talking, sort of communicating, in my understanding of it, communicating with, with those on the other side. And the cards are not... I mean, they sometimes can be giving you messages from the aside, but but often it's about. It's more like, at a
1: psychic level as opposed to sort of the medium level. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. more
2: reflecting, I think, what's going on what's inside right. of you and yep. how that's. Um,
1: yeah. And you know, ways where and where the energies life. are, there's a probability that it will go this right. way, providing this doesn't change.
2: Yeah. You
1: know, yeah. if it changes, so does that.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's, you know, what do you, why do you think that we don't own this intuitiveness in ourselves. Right. I mean, it's so shut down. Right. I You know, we've talked about it. You know, I don't want to sound like a broken record. Our parents, the kids, and invalidation, blah, blah. But at what point, what point are we going to reclaim, I think, one of the most incredible abilities we have? Yeah. And it's not to be able to talk to, to you know, those that have gone beyond our ancestors, but to actually just have a felt sense of what my experience today was. Right. You know, and and from that I can sort of move into what this evening might be like or what tomorrow could be like, you know.
2: But isn't there a part of that which is really coming into maturity, adulthood, like that we're stepping into, um, we're owning our own. Stuff we're taking responsibility for what we see and what really we Really, who's hear. doing that? Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I we're, we're stepping into <laughs> that. <We're... laughs> Name names. <laughs> I didn't do is, it. This is part of it's so interesting. Like there's some... Um, so Tacitus wrote I think what fifty something BC. So he was writing about the Germanic tribes and he was writing about the runes and he said this is how they do it and it's either the 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 head of the household or it's the, the priest who will cut a branch and carve the runes and have the question and cast the runes. And then he'll tell everybody, you know, what they say and what they need to do.
1: Of course, it's a male again, right? Uh, well,
2: you know. Yeah.
1: yeah, sorry. On behalf of women everywhere. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Slowly changing. <laughs> um, and and we are saying, like, I, I'm grown up now. I can leave, quote-unquote, I can leave the father's house. I can make my own runes. I can cut a branch and do it myself and interpret it myself. And I think on, on sort of a bigger level, we're moving in that direction. It, it's mm-hmm. stepping into – but there's still that overlay of wanting to keep us
1: – Well, you know, in, in terms of the overlay, I mean, you know, as you were saying that about leaving my father's house was the biblical quote that says, in my father's house are many mansions. Which brings me back to the, my father, the father, you know, I mean, I realize it's in a a much more, you know, divine way, but that just that language alone, which is very common actually in funerals and so on, uh, uh, the idea that there's a place for everyone uh, that, uh, I don't know, it just brings us back as much as one tries to leave it. Are theologies that are so genetically and in us; right. uh, it drives us back into right. into a very similar place. Yeah, you know, yeah. If you if you look at statistically, and Pew Research is being one of the top people, uh, or not persons, but group, um, that looks at the aging process in terms of return to no matter what your what your whole grown up years were like, as we approach the end. To our own death right. we end up going back to our childhood churches right. oh. at least religions right you know we may be in a different place that church isn't there but going you know if you were a catholic you left catholicism and you went off and you were like a, you know, a ragtag gypsy suddenly there you are back at mass right which is really quite fascinating right you know it, I don't know. Maybe it's just a case we were wrong. You know, could, we go to the Protestants, the Catholics. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I think if instead you're seeing a continual process of dying, I'm, I'm back to the year again.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's
2: like, I know how to do this because I do it again and again and again. Right. And right. I know how to use the signpost and the guidance of the divine however it shows up whether i'm using a tool or just opening my ears and listening i mean certainly in the great work at a certain point you know we leave the tangible and i i move into channeling and ancestors and mm-hmm. and angels and spirit guides because even in the year like once you've harvested the wheat it's not there in the field anymore it's something else so exactly yeah Exactly. And so looking how we move from the tangible way means of connecting with the divine to the intangible and it's all just reflections of the same thing coming from a different perspective.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the the uh w- which is why the like, just the whole element of the divine has always been so fascinating to me. Right. You know, I've always been fascinated by churches by religions right. internationally like you know, I've been to so many things and it's just I'm just fascinated by that, and and oracles then just is one more piece of that, you know. And are talking about it today right. is that, you know, every culture has some way that they need to talk to their god.
2: Right, and here's the thing: this is why I love calling oracles the cell phone to the divine. Right, because it works both ways. Do I have to recharge it. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that the divine is talking to us, but we're also talking to the divine.
1: That's only if we listen. (laughs) I go back to my favorite saying, and that is that God created us in his image of two ears and one mouth to be used accordingly. Right. (laughs) You can't learn anything when you're talking. Right. Yeah. Yeah. and and having our
2: overlays as well i I mean how many people with the tarot are like come on lovers come
1: (laughs) (laughs) number seven like they're playing a crap game you know it's like yeah or prayer is nothing more than a shopping list right you know it's like if you put the list down and actually listen right you know um you might get somebody but it's like god please make this happen there, there's so much bargaining going on it's right. like you know bargain basement harry's
2: right right you
1: know it's crazy
2: and and i think this is so what we it, learn it it brings us back to alchemy which is that you know part of the the claiming the attainment of the philosopher's stone is recognizing that we are divine
1: is that not what we do with the lottery is yes. that not? Is that not our attempt to grab the philosopher's stone? Right. I'll Alchemy and alchemy change my right. life completely by dumping a whole bunch of money magically in my lap. Right. Is that not the same thing?
2: Well, except that the, like,
1: that's that's not being
2: both it. of the earth and of the stars, because in truth, I don't know. I like go the stars on it. You're right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already I'm, of the earth. But a few uh, no, but but it seems like the same. Just just in terms of talking about. The, that mentality of taking something and turning it into something is to take a life that people aren't overly happy. The people who spend the most amount of money on lotteries are the very people who can't afford exactly. this. You know, in the in the hopes that, and of course they get just enough, just a little bit. They win a few tickets right. for free. They might get, you know, $100 or very occasionally. Um, but it's, the payoff is enough to keep coming back
2: right right
1: you know so and it's all in that that hope it's almost of alchemy to change it into something different
2: if focused on the material
1: oh totally that when I change oh, no the question material, about right. That. this is, is not a spiritual pro- program yeah although yeah. all people are spiritual
2: exactly yes there's one in the conversation that i had earlier where you know the what was being said was you know i i really recognized that that um I've been given a gift. I of the gift of the divine. Mm-hmm. And I was like, You are the divine. Mm. Right? It's one and the same. It's not having been given something by the divine and I receive that thing and then I'm obligated to do. It's one and the same thing.
1: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so But that then that connects everybody on this planet in some way. Right. And we're having a lot of trouble on this planet realizing the connectedness that exists between us. Right. I mean, you know, the research around addictions is all about once, even, even at an animal level, the, the whole thing with Rat Park and so on is once you have a connection that you can trust, then the need for dependency if, of chemicals begins to go away.
2: So, what I'm Cute hearing connection. in that is oracles. Will help addiction.
1: I believe it can. I believe it can. It can to because trust it creates the
2: connection yeah. of listening to listening to that communication. Well, with I think I think that
1: it's it's a it's not quite as divine like to jump to there as much as I need to be connected to you. Right. Or like you know, addictions is of the earth kind right. of thing. So the connection from who uh, you know from me to you in my world. Becomes incredibly important. Absolutely.
2: And we're so cut off. Yes.
1: I mean, I cut myself off. Right. I go out th- there and I have my headphones on. I have my music blasting and I just go, can't hear. And <laughs> keep going. Well, yes. of course, somebody wants money. They want a cigarette, whatever. You can only give so much away in a day. Right. Uh, <laughs> you know, all the stores are closed. You know, what are you going to do? Um, but it, we cut ourselves off.
2: Yeah. We really do. But at the same time, there is that when you have the headphones on, when you're in your inner space, mm-hmm. like again that Philosopher's stone, when you've got that connection to the divine, then that becomes something which is also expansive. You know, there
1: can be, but I'm listening to like '80s disco.
2: <laughs> that is so expansive.
1: So, that is, that is not exactly in touch with the divine unless he's on, oh, or she is on a 120 rhythm base. The
2: divine shows up in many ways. <laughs>
1: exactly. Donna Summers
2: <laughs> um, on, a, on a disco ball.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I will survive by Gloria Gaynor. Um, boy, did we just age ourselves. But thank you for taking me down that memory lane. Um, so, the, um, uh, yeah, that, that connection piece, I can see right. the oracle, but importantly, no matter where we are, humans always need to connect or right. want, and somehow to connect
2: and we have always to information
1: and to their own divinity. Absolutely. Not that they would ever call it that.
2: Yeah, and and I yeah.
1: So what can we do? What can we do? You know, to bring it that people take that connection rather than it being out there that it comes back onto the planet. Right. You know, because the, the, right now, the energy that's going around is divisive. Right. It's separating. It is, not, it is not in any way. And I'm talking about, you know, leaders of various places, whether it's in Canada, Ontario, or whether it's president of the United States, is not being conducive to bringing us together. Right. Except through fear.
2: Right, right. Yeah. And I think when we start to i mean this wasn 't the intention behind around the world with the oracles, but I think it's a byproduct of when we start to see that that we have a connection we 've all wanted the same things we 've gone at it differently. Yeah. You know, so there is diversity and there's unity, and they they coexist.
1: Absolutely. And there's so much strength in diversity. Right. There really is. Tiffany, uh, we're running out of time. Unfortunately, I'd love to. You know, we'll have you back.
2: I would love to come back. Yes.
1: Yes. It uh, was it was great chatting with you. Uh, Tiffany's going to be uh, facilitating a mini uh, an evening workshop on Wednesday, July twenty fourth, here in Toronto, uh, at the Transformational Arts College at thirty three hundred Yonge Street, uh, up in suite three zero two. Uh, you can contact the college at TAC at com or call 416 I hope you got that. Uh, if not, you can contact Jan and I through info at spiritgrows.ca. So Jan will be back with us next week and uh, she will be off mummy duty and uh, we will be welcoming our guest Maria Gallet on everything worth considering about soulful relationships. Mm. That brings us to the end of another episode of Things Worth Considering. You have a great week. We'll be back next week.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Things Worth Considering. Please join your hosts, Dr. Jan Hill and Gord Riddell for another edition next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, think about the connections in your life and how they define who you are.